Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Reunion Ruckus. So, on Monday's episode, John Cusack went reunioning in gross point blank. And today, Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino are BFFs. Romy and Michelle were invited to their 10-year high school reunion. They've got natty outfits. They've got some 80s classics. But can this cult comedy see off gross point blank to be hailed the champion this week? We're talking 1997's Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. We'll have a winner by the end of this episode, so let's find out which movie it is. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Potters! Would you excuse me? I cut my foot before and my shoe is <laughs> filling up with blood. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at ClashPod for all sorts of extras about each movie we cover. And also, please take the time to rate or review us or both wherever you get your pods. So, as I said, part two of this week's Reunion Ruckus. These were Victoria's choices. (laughs) Victoria, remind us of the connection. Uh, The connection is... As Jean-Paul Sartre almost said, you're nobody till someone knows you. Let's talk about existentialism through the lens of 10-year high school reunions and amazing soundtracks. Off the top of her head as well. I thought of another one as well. So succinct. Wait, I've got another one. Are you an annoying person? Yes. Why don't you hand out name tags at a high school reunion? Oh, that's good. Thank Mm. you. That's good because that happens in both. Yep, that's the connection. That's that's why she said that. Yep, I I understand (laughs) how this section works. Chris, thank you. God, is this how this show's going to go? Right, I escorted us through Gross Point Blank on Monday, which means, V, you gave Chris, Romeo and Michelle, Christopher Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, take us on a journey. Romeo and Michelle is about two friends who have to fill out a questionnaire to attend their high school reunion, in the process realising that their lives haven't amounted to much. 
kind of like if you had to fill out a questionnaire at the age of 42 and in the job column all you could write was professional podcaster. <laughs> so Romeo and Michelle make up fake jobs for themselves that are only a little less ridiculous than podcaster, head to the reunion and realise two things, that everyone was someone's bully and that losers become attractive when they become rich enough to have plastic surgery. The film ending with Romeo and Michelle forming a deeply questionable thruple. <laughs> thruple? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. What Define? People who live as three. Okay, great. Well, there you go. From this point on, we are sophisticated, successful career women. Which one of these guys will I have sex with at the reunion? Oh, ow! That hurt, but it looked really good. You have absolutely no proof that you're cuter. Okay, who lost their virginity first? Oh, big wow with your cousin Barry. I wouldn't brag about it. I'm sorry, I couldn't find my top. In a story of the blonde... What does this remind you of? Meeting the blonde. Oh, I know. This lady is totally sick. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And what are you picking on us for? Anyway, we are not the ones who got fat. We're pregnant, you half-wit. Well, I hope your babies all look like monkeys. <laughs> so, my friends, I think we have two very differing uh, stories about this film and your histories with it. So shall I start with Vicky? What makes you say that? Oh, no, because... Oh, right, yeah, sorry, because I just remembered that conversation from last week. I'm just getting ready to be cross. Um, this is... <laughs> it is going to be one of those shows. This might be the third or fourth time I've seen this film, and I love it. Um, films like this, have to they have to follow quite a tight structure um, in order to be satisfying. It has to hit certain points. This film does those brilliantly. It ends on a dance, which, as you look at your face... As you know, I love things that end on a dance. Um, I just find it uh, hilarious and ridiculously relatable. Even though the characters of Romy and Michelle are heightened, there is a lot there that I recognise. So when did you first watch it? Oh, God. Um, it wasn't when it came out, so no. it would have been early aughts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Alex. Yeah, I've watched it once before. I didn't like it very much. I don't think it's a very good film. Um, <laughs> and uh, I watched it again this week for the podcast. And uh, pff, I'm not going to remember anything in probably about an hour's time about this movie actively. I'm going to wash my brain of it. Um, also, pff, structurally, what? It's got a 20-minute dream <laughs> sequence in the middle that is of no consequence to the plot, really. Uh, and also... Wrong! wrong. Oh, yeah, because she realises that, well, that might happen if we weren't friends. It's yes. still a dream. <laughs> and B, the dance at the end <gasps> is awful. I dare you. It's, it's just... You dare. I dare. What's wrong with I you? I can't believe they spent $240,000 <laughs> on time after time and then did that to it. I don't, I don't get it. Now, I'm going to say this now because I absolutely do just so I'm not being a dick for this entire show <laughs> intentionally, I do appreciate the fact that this is the kind of movie that people will like. It is a weird... Oh, you were so close to saying the wrong weird, thing there. <laughs> I know, but weird offbeat comedy, and I get it. And I'm really pleased it was made, and I'm really pleased there is an audience for this. Condescending, isn't it? No, it's not. I'm not being that. I'm it's just, for girls. It's not what I said. No, I know. I'm sorry. You didn't and say that. I just think... It's not. It's not for me. I, I don't get what it's trying to do. I don't. I don't get how it sort of sets up so many of the tropes of a high school reunion that you kind of want it to answer, but it never really hits them 
uh, at all at the end. I don't think the payoff works for me whatsoever. And I'm not sort of clear on what these characters really are. And so therefore I'm, I struggled. I struggled with Romy and Michelle, I'm afraid to say, but you know, I'm, I am ready to hear what you have to say, because that's how this show works. So it's an (laughs) obligation. And do please keep your cards close to your chest until we get to the verdict. Um, For me, I guess I was vaguely aware of this film when it came out, but then Christmas 1997, my ex told me that her and her best friend had just seen an amazing film that I had to watch, which was this. And so I did watch it and I didn't really get it, but I could see why they liked it because they were so similar to Romeo and Michelle. And so it made me happy that they could see sort of versions of themselves on screen, but it also made me very happy that I wasn't with her anymore. <laughs> I knew I'd made the right decision. <laughs> right. So you are keeping your hearts close to your chest then. I no, mean, he's uh, talking about his relationship. I'm to- and I'm he's talking about the characters. I'm talking about the characters of Romeo and Michelle. Uh-huh, but did you like the film? I didn't really get it at the time. Right. Uh, and it's interesting revisiting it now. And also, actually, I found it really interesting reading around it and how, because I was well aware that a cult had built up around this film, but it was interesting reading about that journey and actually really quite lovely, I thought. So shall we talk a bit about the background to the film? Let's go. So this is Why all... are you looking at me like that? This is, there's no need to be on edge. I've pretty much said my piece at the start just to get it out of the way. Yeah. And now I think I'm... it's good that we cleared it off. I also respect Chris's professionalism right there. Yeah. And also I'm saying that from a position of when I don't like something, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this. I can't believe we've got to I'm, I'm a bit scared. I'm in the middle of this. No, there's no middle. I want to be clear. <laughs> if, if you can tell if me... If he says there's a middle, there's a middle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, this is what you're just gearing up, aren't you? Right, fine then. You're in the middle. Robin Enjoy Schiff. Yourself. Robin Schiff. Uh, this is the brainchild of Robin Schiff. Uh, and there's various uh, quotes from her as to where this all came from. But it was basically her going clubbing on Sunset Boulevard. She said there was a place called Carlos and Charlie's on the Sunset Strip um, where she overheard two women in the bathroom talking in a way that made her think, oh, there's a story here. But also the girls she would just see queuing up who dressed the same as each other. Uh, these duos and so she turned it into a sketch at the legendary comedy troupe The Groundlings and that sketch went down well and she uh, wrote a play off the back of it called Ladies Room which was set in the toilet of a Mexican restaurant and it that play was not about Romeo and Michelle but um, it was all about a group of women coming in and out of the toilet and having a, a, an interesting night and she needed filler for when the main characters weren't in the bathroom so Romeo and Michelle she plonked there. Two valley girls looking for guys with good jobs. That was as, as, as complicated as it got. They were played by Christy Meller and Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow, this was the first audition she ever went on. And although they were only on stage for a total of seven minutes, they got applause whenever they appeared. And so she knew she had something. Uh, and it was turned into a sitcom called Just Temporary, which I tried to find. I couldn't. The opening <laughs> credits are on YouTube, but the show isn't. The opening credits are the most painfully 90s thing you'll ever see. (laughs) And it looks like a very cheap cut rate Friends. And uh, that did not work. Uh, We'll we'll post that opening credits because I do like a bit of 90s nostalgia. But um, the two actors reprised their roles uh, from the play for the pilot. Um, It didn't go anywhere. And then Touchstone Pictures were looking for a female Wayne's World and approach shift. She said, I started brainstorming what to do with the characters for a movie. Romy and Michelle go to college. Romy and Michelle go to Japan. And she spent years developing it. And that's when David Merkin came on board of 
The Simpsons fame. And they collaborated on it, um, although it was her script. And uh, I, she was kicked off the project, it sounds like. Did you see that, Vicky? No, I didn't. She was kicked off the project for a year and replaced by a man. Cool. Which is very grim. But <clears throat> bless uh, David Merkin he and, and Lisa Kudrow, who by this time was attached, they both said, we want her back. And so Does this being her story. Does it say why she was kicked off? Um, because it was just taking too long for it to happen, I think. And they, they, I don't know they if you're had... listening, but a man wanted that job. So that's what happens. You're not going to get me to take the bait right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the success of Friends made it a possibility. And so um, it got the green light. But poor old Christy Meller. Mm. She got kicked off the film because basically uh, this was at a time when TV actors were not considered bankable. And so they had a TV actress, no matter how famous she was, they wanted to pair her with a movie star. And obviously Mira Savino had just won an Oscar for um, Mighty Aphrodite. And so, yeah, she lost the gig, which I think is the most horrible aspect of this whole thing. Mm. Um, Have you seen the dance at the end? (laughs) But Christy Meller, it wasn't all bad for her because she went on to play... Screaming Girl in Parking Lot in Heathers. <laughs> that was the best credit I could find for her when that was uh, for a film we've done. Um, so Sorvino's agent told her not to do it, said it was too lowbrow, but Quentin Tarantino, her boyfriend at the time, um, said he thought it was amazing and that she should do it. So on his advice, she took the gig. And um, I don't know what else to say there is, really. Uh, David Merkin said he wanted to make a movie that was nastier than your average high school film. Uh, He didn't want a happy ending. Not everyone gets together. It shows a lot of disillusionment. It shows a lot of problems. Um, Alan Cummings, uh, who we'll talk about as we go along, he said that when he realised they were subverting the typical buddy movie stereotypes and that he was playing the role that was traditionally played by a girl in these kinds of films... um, that's when he wanted to do it, although he said he didn't understand a lot of the jokes and references. <laughs> Same as me, Alan. <laughs> Some jokes I still don't quite get. Um, but yeah, I mean, any more for any more on this? Yeah. Yeah, I found a uh, quote from Robin Schiff. Uh, she said uh, she thinks she wrote an original story in Romeo and Michelle, but, uh, and this is the part I really love, but also understands why some people might not like the movie. I think it's fair. I know I'm giving you evil looks, but it is it is a weird film. The, the first time you see it, it's better. It, it, yeah, it does well on repeat viewing because it, it takes a while to get your eye in with it and not to find them just annoying. I and imagine, I, sorry, I imagine sitting with a group of people who, like like the friend X that Chris had, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you've got a buddy and you both love this movie, I can imagine it being a, a great experience, like a repeat watch movie yeah. where you stick it on, you're like, let's watch that again, and you know the lines. But I, to watch it cold on my own for the second time, I was like, oh, gosh, which is, what is it meant to be? Well, I think there is an aspect of... of- David Merkin bringing a bit of a, the Simpsons sensibility to the weirdness and the surrealness. And he name checks um, at one point uh, in talking about the film, he, ta- he name checks Monty Python as well. And that there is there is something of the surreal. There is something of both those um, different properties that I think he's tried to bring to this. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is, is Romy, played by Mary Savina, has a very unusual voice. And she said she based it on her sister but I made it a bit lower because I felt like Romy is the guy in the relationship between her and Michelle. She's the John Wayne in her head. So it made sense to have a more masculine tenor to her. And I wanted her physicality to feel like a football player in drag. Like when you see her marching to place in high heels, it shouldn't ever look graceful. 
And I think yeah. that is part of the charm of that character. I've got another quote uh, from Robin Schiff. who did say, did say uh, it was one of the lowest tested movies in the history of Disney. <laughs> she said she left town on the weekend <clears throat> it was going to be released because she thought the reviews were going to be so scathing. And then because Disney moved the release, she happened to be in town and then it got great reviews, a lot of great reviews. She says, I was there for the shooting of The Dance, a bizarre sequence that could give the movements from the OA a run for their money, set to the very expensive time after time. And I'm going, what the hell are they doing? The first time I saw it cut together, I didn't know what to think. <clears throat> then she says, the longer it went on, the funnier it got. So I agree with some. Cool. And we will talk about The Dance. Okay. But let's start by asking a question. Who are Romy and Michelle? So the film starts with... <laughs> just like, Did it feel like he was going to play a clip there? Did, where yeah. Lisa Kudrow was going to go, let me tell you <laughs> about Michelle. What I should have done is play Just a Girl by No Doubt because the film starts with that song. Oh, and that, is a strong, that is a strong start. That's the so good. best bit of the movie. I've got it coming up in my bits section. <laughs> that is a strong start. And so we meet them. They're in Venice Beach and it turns into an episode of Gogglebox straight away. They're watching Pretty Woman. They're making fun of Pretty Woman. They're being quite cruel about Pretty Woman, but then they get a bit emotional about Pretty Woman. Yes, which is why it's so good, because Pretty Woman is a fairly easy target because, you know, it's a fairy tale and he rescues her and it does gloss over um, the many things that make sex work a challenging profession. No judgment on sex work, but there are challenges involved in sex work and Pretty Woman does not show you those challenges. However... We, it, it's nice to be rescued and it's nice to be in a fairy tale. So it's the double, um, what am I trying to say? I have a lot of issues with Pretty Woman yeah, that course. we will have to talk about at some point, but it's enjoyable to hear you defend it. I know that. Well, yeah, no, do you know what? Fuck it. it you can yeah. have more than one strong feeling about something and sure. I, I don't like it, but at the same time, I am not in, immune to being rescued by a rich, handsome man. Yep. I don't want to be, do sex work, but whatever. <laughs> never say never. Hey, never say never. This isn't going very well. So, <laughs> so Romy, Romy and Michelle. What's happening? <laughs> what is happening? We're in, the, we're in the section called Who are Romy and Michelle? We're not, we're not. We're in the section that Vicky wouldn't say no to sex work. <laughs> That's what that section just happened. That's what that was. All right, well, let's leave that. Subsection. Okay. Let's go back to who Romeo and Michelle. In, in Venice, I'd, I'd rather talk about that and, <laughs> and the situation it might arise than anything oh, to do with this You want to work out movie. the parameters, the cost. <laughs> Shall we do that now? I'm just looking to invest right now. <laughs> I've got some money. And if it's a viable business... We need a revenue stream for we the do. podcast. <laughs> That's true. We do meet and greets. sitting right there in a lovely dress. <laughs> Oh, and again, the double fit. I'm actually quite flattered that you said that, but what? It's so complicated. And another much, moment how much, here. How much do you reckon? Too far. That's too far. That is too, that, see, now I'm annoyed. No, now I'm upset. It's, a, it's such a delicate line. Um, um, we are talking double figures, at least. <laughs> so. I'd hope a little more than double. That's only quid. up to £99. £11? What? <laughs> But like a, also... Like a bingo caller. <laughs> there is a little moment here, which... So about uh, their weight, which plays through the rest of the film. That shouldn't work, whether or not someone considers themselves to need to lose weight and all the rest of it. Yeah. It should make me angry. But the the quick look between the two of them, <clears throat> excuse me, the best friends in the whole world, and I can't remember which one says it to the other, but she says, did you lose weight? And she's angry about it. because, And that rings so true. Like, 
to be obsessed with, not obsessed with the weight, actually, to not be invulnerable to these messages about, you know, you need to lose weight constantly. But when someone does it in a friendship group, you are angry because you've broken the contract of like, well, we're not supposed to be listening to those messages. And so that she's not, imagine how sickly it would be if she says, oh my God, did you lose weight? Amazing. She's angry. You've lost weight. Like, what, what are you doing? Mm. And then there's the fun joke about, oh, I just don't eat, which is very funny. Mm. Anyway. So, uh, Romy and Michelle are single. They've been living together for 10 years. One's a cashier. The other one is unemployed. And they are on the hunt for men. Uh, they want to meet rich guys, but they end up dancing with themselves in time. Now, this dance sequence, I did not like. And it really made me cringe. And I actually enjoy the one later in the film. Okay. But I just found this one a bit... It took me out of the movie a little bit, I think. The only thing that took me out of the movie at this point is that they're drinking Diet Coke. And I thought, we can't be friends. Are they? Because, yeah, they ordered Diet Coke. So yeah, that's like... weird and disappointing. I agree with mm-hmm. you. But also, that's so strange because I absolutely loved this dance sequence. At this point in the movie, I am still very much enjoying it. And I wrote down, is there any better way of showing how close people are in a film than if they can spontaneously break into dance. I reckon there is. I reckon there is. There's one more way. And it's 11 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, literally a call to arms for our listeners there. I mean, you've just put it out there. You've just literally done an advert. We've been looking for some adverts on the show and and we've got one. It's 11 pounds. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, I just think it's, it's wonderful. I love the way they dance and I love how emotionless their faces are. Like, it's this song this is what we do to this song and it's not a big moment they just break into it i think it's great and it's because i saw this earlier that i'm so disappointed with the dance sequence later on and we also meet uh heather mooney played by janine garofalo who invented the quick burning cigarette paper and when asked if she is going to the school reunion says i'd rather put this out in my ass Mm -hmm. which i very much enjoy that sums up her character, and yeah. that is a perfect piece of casting. She's great in this film. That yeah. woman as that character. She's so good in this film. Yeah. She's, she is. Every time she pops up, it reinvigorates this movie for me. So now we're on to the back to the school, back to school portion of the story, um, where the pair of them are going through their yearbook while reminiscing. <laughs> and so uh, Mira Savino, who is 30, plays 17 in this sequence, and Lisa Goodrow's 34, plays 17, nearly <laughs> half her age. Um <laughs> Uh, who uh, do you think Michelle is a bit like Phoebe? I felt yeah. Phoebe vibes, yeah, for sure, in the way she is, yeah. which is is good. Good, okay. And they're trying to figure out if they were in the A, the B, or the C group at school, which is a bit like, or maybe was stolen by Mean Girls and the Plastics from a recent episode where we discussed that. Yeah, because um, I found myself I kept writing down plastics, but no, they're the A group. But uh, are, are, yeah. These are. I don't think they. I don't think anyone stole anything. These are just very recognisable tropes in every American high school. Full stop. But I guess the. I guess what happens here is the A group are not nice people. Mm. But the surprising thing is Romeo and Michelle aren't very nice people. When they're very horrible to that teacher that that says hello to them. When <laughs> when they're at high school, they're walking to go sit down and have lunch, and he says hello to them, and they're oh, kind of yeah. rude about the fact he's just got married or something, and that someone would marry him. And, yeah. and Michelle's not very nice to Sandy throughout. Yeah, mm. and that's but what, that's isn't that the isn't that the whole premise of the movie that that everyone bullies someone at school? Yeah, it is, and I guess what thinking about it this time and really analysing it is, I was confused as whether I was supposed to like Romeo and Michelle because I was finding myself not like them very much. Welcome to my world with this movie. I'm just mm-hmm. not sure. 
what I meant to think about them, and I, I don't, I don't really get them, and they're not. I think because uh, I don't know. Carry on. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still. Unsure. So we meet. You mentioned Sandy Frink played Battle and Cumming. He's mad in love with Michelle. And then Heather, Jimmy Garofalo, is Maddie in love with Sandy Frink and mm-hmm. this causes a bit of friction yeah, between I, the characters. I, as I, know, I, don't, I know I do this every week and I've seen this film a million times. I haven't watched it for a while. My and my mis-memory, mis-memory? Whatever, is that um, Heather was in love... <laughs> is, that your, is that what costs £11? <laughs> this mis-memory turn Are we doing this? Are think... we doing this section of the podcast where Vicky talks about a film she hasn't seen no, in her head she's made up? No, but no one else can have any context. £11, £11. mis-memory will arrive. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, listen, listen. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Um, I thought Janine Garofalo was in love with Michelle. And okay, the Alan Cummings thing was a smoke screen. Sure. And then that denies us the cowboy stuff, which would be a shame to lose. But I think that that would have been better. Okay. So we know what your change is going to be. <laughs> no, wait, let me just check my notes. Just look in here. Uh, no. So you mentioned, you mentioned the cowboy. He's played by Justin Theroux. And he's just kind of standing, smoking, tormenting Heather, in her opinion. Yeah. But he's really just standing there. Yeah. Well, um, no, he flicks, rather than give her a light, he flicks the butt of a cigarette at her. It's rock and roll. I could see you doing that and thinking you were cool while doing it. <laughs> yeah, but then immediately afterwards, an immense feeling of self-loathing would wash over me. <laughs> but it would have still been worth it for that moment. Uh, and so uh, at the dance, uh, Romy's in love with Billy. Uh, Billy asks Romy to dance and he doesn't really mean it. It's the A group uh, mocking her. And so that's quite a horrible, heartbreaking moment. And at the end of the dance, Romy and Michelle are dancing with each other to time after time. Lovely. We all been, up. You've been there? Have we all been there? I was going to ask you this because without giving any examples just to preserve Wait, what, what at, I've got left sorry, of my dignity. Are we at the end of the movie now? No. Okay, good. Sure, I'll just talk to Chris. Right. So when you're, in, when you're at that age and you're really in it, or maybe not even just that age, but when you're really in it and you're really obsessed with someone, you do do awful things that are really embarrassing. So she stands and she waits for Billy for ages mm-hmm. and he's not coming back. And your friend will be there always. So Michelle is there for her to be like, don't worry, we can dance together. And it's like, oh, the recognition of like, you've done something so dickish mm-hmm. for a boy. But then I was going to ask, does it go the other way? Like that's, that to me is so recognisable that you do something that really exposes you and your friend is there to be like, look, we won't talk about it ever again or we'll just dance and forget about it. But do boys do stuff that they feel mortified by and then their mate is there to be like, let's not worry about it, let's have a dance or whatever hmm. the equivalent I think so, yeah. is. No. <laughs> uh, but you forget, I've got friends and Al's on his own. No friends. Like on his own. I describe it as a lone wolf. But... Mom, mom. <laughs> I, uh, I disagree. I don't... You don't think boys ever do stuff for girls that that but leaves them feeling really embarrassed? I think, no, I think boys do that, but I don't think their mates are oh, there okay, to yeah. pick up the pieces okay, and they just go, laugh at them. I'll dance with you. Yeah, yeah, guys just take the piss out of each other. Okay. There's you, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> are you saying that if you did something embarrassing in front of a girl, uh, one of your the hockey team would say, don't worry, Chris, you can dance with me. <laughs> They'd put an arm around me <laughs> and it would never, ever be spoken of again. Right. We're not, I'm not 23 years later and sh- that shit still isn't getting brought up and piss <laughs> taken out of me over. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now we're on to the plan section of the film. So we're back in the present day and this questionnaire that I mentioned comes up and they realise that their lives haven't been all that impressive. 
and they question what the point in even going to this uh, reunion is. So, so they you, Vicky? Yeah. So they decide they've got two weeks to get better no, jobs. No, wait, not like me. <laughs> <laughs> you already said it. We moved on. Oh, no, no, I, I've, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. It's I'm really you. frightened. I'm really frightened. Um, so they've got two weeks, they decide, to get better jobs and boyfriends and lose weight. Yes. And it's uh, rather than do these things previously, it's the reunion that's motivating them. Um, so they hit the gym. Do you like the gym stuff? I love the gym stuff okay. because you need a friend in a spinning class who's like, what does this remind you of? Shagging a bike. And I think that you, everyone needs a friend like that. That's funny. No, it rem- no, spinning reminds you of shagging. It doesn't remind you of shagging <laughs> a bike. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, no, that's that's what I meant. Well, that's what I meant. 11, 11, we've got we've got a cost. We've got a name, Miss Memory, and we've got what you will king. do for eleven quid, which is bring an exercise bike and you can watch. Oh. Bring an exercise bike or fuck off. You know I mean? It's only eleven pounds. I call the shots. <sighs> this is uh, what shagging a bike looks like. That's not the joke. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just said it. In a way that doesn't reflect my intention. <laughs> Not intention. <laughs> my thoughts. Officer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. So they are preparing for the reunion and they're going to pretend to be successful businesswomen. Romy can get a Jaguar. Michelle can make the clothes. Yeah. Um, Romy, to get the Jaguar, pretends to have sex with Ramon. She pretends to have sex with Ramon, which is then buttoned by the best line of the whole film where they're pretending to have sex and she says, okay, I'm coming, okay, thanks, get off me. And <laughs> then he's looking at her and she's like, you wanted it to be realistic and that's fucking brilliant. See, because... see how funny repeating a line from a film can be? <laughs> that was funny. When it's that good. Because it inverts, subverts, whatever the right word is. So you know how much I love When Harry Met Sally. I love that film so, so much. But the thread that runs through that about she doesn't know that men don't want to cuddle after sex and there's that funny back and forth where he's like, really half an hour is too long, we want to leave, and she's really devastated about that. And that has never, ever, ever rung true to me, ever. It's very much okay, I'd like to go to sleep, get leave or definitely get off. And so for Romy to say it, is brilliant because it tells a truth that other films do not dare to tell. And we're going to take a break now, but when we come back, Vicky will tell more truths. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But they suddenly realize... Wait, are you going to do the other great line that comes off the back of getting the Jaguar, which is the first time that I absolutely laughed in this film? About the handjobs. It's great. It is good. And I just wish there were more bits like that because both of them are great in that scene and it's a great exchange. And I just think, like the Ramon thing, I just, it was so, it went on so long. And Tim going, uh, call me uh, master, mm. talk about my member. And you're just like, this is mm. so long and so just like one note. There's nothing else going on here. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And yeah, the payoff's good. But the best bit off the back of that is where Michelle says to Romy, goes, what did you have to do to get this Jaguar? And she says, I had to give all the guys in the service depot hand jobs." And then Michelle just carries on and goes, well, while you were doing that, <laughs> I taped all the nostalgic songs from our high school to get us in the mood. And she goes, Michelle, I was kidding. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> And uh, that's not a bad Romy impression, by the way. Michelle, I was kidding. That's quite good. So uh, they need a job, though. They realise they have not come up with their successful businesswoman jobs. And uh, Robin Schiff was inspired quite a weird place. So Mike Nesmith from The Monkeys, she remembered that Mike Nesmith... That's what I was thinking of. You, you had to talk about the Tipex Empire. Yeah. That's I was thinking. I, I did not know this. I don't know this. So, oh, yeah. you know Mike Nesmith. I do now, yeah. He, uh, his mum invented what they call liquid paper in America, but we call Tipex. Yes. Okay. He's and the so, heir to the Tipex. He was the heir to the Tipex empire. Wow. And so post-it notes was like the next logical step mm. in that process. Although, I'll say this now, I did watch the Huffington Post um, recently promoting this film, got Mira Savino in to do an interview, and they uh, surprised her by having uh, Art Fry, the inventor of the post-it note, <laughs> uh, appear to to tell her how much the, her film meant to him. Um, he's an old guy who seems very sweet. He says he says when he goes to his old reunions, people ask if he knows Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> um, he's very wholesome. He, he then he then pulls out a picture that someone's made of the poster of the film, and it's him with the two of them, sort of peeking in between. But he's got he's got an arm around one of them, holding a post-it note. But then he says, uh, if it was me, I'd have both my arms around you girls. Ooh. And then he says to her, uh, you're really nice to look at. Whoa. And they kind of end the interview there. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Art Fry, you big weirdo. <laughs> um, and they fall out with each other at this point as well, um, which begins with them arguing over who is Mary or Rhoda, which I then had to look up because I'm English know. and I'm young and yeah. they're from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, OK. Oh, another connection there. 
Yeah. John Cusack says to Mrs. K in Gross Point Blank, oh, you got the whole Mary Tyler Moore thing going on. Very good. Yeah. And so now we are knee deep in the dream sequence. <laughs> uh, 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 there's a great bit where they've decided that before they decide on post-its, they've decided that they are successful businesswomen and they want, <laughs> they're in the <laughs> diner and they're going, do you have some kind of businesswoman special? <laughs> and then after like bamboozling the poor uh, assistant uh, in the shop, uh, she eventually bites and goes, so what kind of business are you in? So good, they've got no clue. <laughs> Just look at each other. It's a great moment. Uh, Robin I'm Sh- starting to come around to this film bit by bit. Uh, Robin Schiff says, The dream sequence was special. When we initially pitched the movie, it was the original ending, but executives thought that it didn't seem real enough. It's very unconventional to have a 20-minute dream sequence that doesn't advance the plot. <laughs> Thank you! That's what I said! <laughs> Not my words, oh. the words of Robin Schiff. And? But uh, you just said it did at the start! It, it, but you, you almost said it, but then you stopped yourself because you didn't want to say anything positive because yeah. it shows what would happen if they weren't friends. Yeah, but it is... But we've got 20 minutes until we get to that point. So long! Um, the re- so wait, explain. So that was going to be the... the dream, it was going to be a dream sequence at the end of the film or that was going to be the real ending of the film? I don't understand. She said it was the original ending. So the original it ending... It would have been even longer, maybe. Like, but So this- that was... so. I'm confused. I'm a bit confused by that, but go on. Uh, so the reunion, it's all pastel colours. It's all... It, 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 I mean, I think you twig quite quickly... I think you watch it a second time, it's really obvious because yeah. there's clues everywhere, but it's not immediately obvious no. that that's what's going on. But Romy hooks, it's all a bit too easy for them. Romy hooks up with Billy. Um, Michelle convinces the A group that she's successful. Sandy shows up with a new face, <laughs> which looks weird, but I would say better than CGI. Yeah. To be honest, it does look like a face. Whereas it looks those like a plastic di- surgery face. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Cummings said uh, the makeup in the dream sequence was funny because I got to choose. I had Alec Baldwin's lips, <laughs> Brad Pitt's chin, somebody else's forehead. I made this amalgam of handsome Hollywood <laughs> hunks on my face and attached it to my body. Um, but then it starts getting weirder, doesn't it? At least get uh, hit by a car. <laughs> um, that's when he. That's when David Merkin said it was. He was. He was trying to channel a bit of Monty Python in that scene. Yeah. Um, and they win an award, but the best bits where they get sucked up through the sunroof of the limousine. <laughs> that's when I went, "Oh, that's good. That's nice. That's a dream." But they uh, they've seriously fallen out. They leave separately, and then seventy years later, uh, you've got Michelle and oh, Sandy. God, I forgot. It's a, it's like fucking Inception. This sequence. <laughs> uh, they're knocking around in a big empty house. They're both ninety seven years old, <laughs> and they're still arguing. Uh, Michelle and Romeo about who's Mary. I'm and who's the Rhoda. Mary. I'm the Mary. It's so long that sequence and it does nothing and that's that's a large portion of this movie it's stupid 20 minutes and it doesn't advance the plot and then we're into the reunion for real so um the a group are all pregnant and call Romy fat i hadn't really picked up on Romy having a weight issue it doesn't work it's just one of those things that people do in films like she when she's at school and she's 17 she's exactly the same yes and she's very slender yes so there's i thought i missed something i I was literally reading oh they're bullying her because she was fat at high school and i was like i just watched that scene never fat she looked fine (laughs) um uh she gets caught out by heather in a lie about uh what they're doing for real um and Michelle responds to the plastics by saying, I hope your babies look like monkeys. <laughs> Which is on the top 10. 10- uh, list of the best quotes from Romy Michelle's high school reunion, which gives you an idea of 
the quality of quotes. I agree. It could be sharper. Film. Fair enough. I would work that line a little bit. Uh, but they storm out of the reunion in their business suits and return in their little pink and blue dresses. Which is fantastic. I will, just to, for balance, I will say, I do have a, a structural issue, having said previously that it smashed it with structure. But uh, the low point is repeated and you shouldn't mm. do that. Mm-hmm. So when um, Heather blows their cover, um, they have an they have an argument and it's in front of Christy and then they talk about it. But then Christy tells the school. So you're repeating that beat, which is our lie has been discovered. So you can lose telling Christy separately or whatever. Like you need to blend those beats together because it's just repetition. I agree. hundred percent. And then we have them fighting back to the A group. And this is apparently a scene that Mira Savino asked to be put in. I thought the whole bit, I thought they repeated it because at that point, there's the low point, but the whole sort of the, the, uh, the recovery from that is Michelle pointing out to Romy that very few people know. So yeah. it's just like a handful of people. So not everyone knows. Yeah. And we can still save face with the people who don't know and have a good time. Yeah. And then you need Christy to tell the entire, there needs to be an event where the entire room finds out for them to suddenly realise that there is, you know, this is the end. It doesn't matter. You roll it together. Okay. Uh, but the the scene of them fighting back against the A group, uh, Savina said she wanted them not to be just idiots and have a moment where they are truthful and strong and courageous. And it is quite an inspiring moment when she tells them, she asks, why are you such a nasty bitch? <laughs> and says, we don't give a flying fuck what you think. It's a great moment. That is a great moment. Um, and then, although they're mocked for their dresses, a woman from Vogue sticks up from them. Yeah. This is oh, some wish fulfilment by... This is ridiculous. <laughs> she, uh, like... Her, her character has just been inserted, mm-hmm. like with that job, to be able to like yes. mention their dresses, and also like she's left the A group, and the only the only reason that you can fathom that she has left the A group, the only sort of backstory to why she has gone her own separate way, is that bit at the start where she says, "I think they look kind of cool." Oh, yeah. When they're eating lunch around the table. Yeah, and, and they inspired her and Christy to goes. go and work for Vogue. Such is their power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just roll it into one, though. <laughs> you roll roll it into one. One. Yeah. Do you even know what I'm <laughs> But then um, they start bonding, uh, Romy and Michelle, with Heather for the first time properly. Um, they realise that while the... Um, a group were making Romy and Michelle's lives hell. They made Heather's life hell. And then Heather realised... Because she was in love with Michelle in my alternate <laughs> version, which is better. And uh, then Heather realises she made Toby's life hell. And so it goes round and round. I do think Julia Campbell, who plays Christy Masters, is a brilliant mega bitch. I think she's awful in this. Mm. Like, really nasty. Like, far better than... I mean, I know Rachel McAdams in The Plastics in Mean Girls is, is meant to be redemption there. But, like, you know, she's a really good school bitch. And then Sandy shows up. Yes, he does. Um, and he tells them all about his money and his houses. That'll do. And then, and then we get... Will it, though? <laughs> is this the right direction for this story to be going in? No, but Robin Schiff did later say uh, that it was a mistake. So we will give her that. So... 
she says the dream sequence might have been a mistake. Where it was I don't, I don't have that quote. Oh, okay. But um, and she thinks Michelle basically going, yeah, all right, I'll yeah. get with Sandy after never giving him the time of day yeah. because he's rich. That might have been a mistake. I'd say I, it seems like there's a lot of things in this movie. I don't that think that's what she's saying when she says it's a mistake. What do you mean then? What because she, what she's done is tried to subvert the genre. So a, a man and a woman don't have to get together. So that's what she means when it's a mistake. Not, I don't think she means that Michelle being awful to him was the mistake. It's that they shouldn't have to get together at all. Do you want the quote? Yeah. So, no. No, 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 no. Because I think I've just so, made something up. And if your actual quote disagrees with that, then uh, Miss Memory's going to come no, out. because I think you can take it in a diff- series of different ways. So uh, Robin Schiff was asked, where are Romy and Michelle now? Did you just say you can take it in a series of different ways on this show based on what's been said before? <laughs> Robin Schiff says it's hard to picture them getting married and having kids. But what else have they been doing then if they're not still living together? I like to believe that they're doing well with their store and maybe they're big fashion designers. I know for a fact Michelle is not with Sandy. That was a big mistake. Yeah, I think I'm right. I think. <laughs> so he could, she could be saying that she made a big mistake in writing that or she could be saying that the character realises quite quickly it was a big mistake. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Which, that's helping you out. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the dance sequence. Um, it's kind of this weird balletic dance to time after time. It's very silly. Is Mira Savino an actual dancer? Apparently so, yeah, yes. You can tell. So, so she studied ballet yeah. um, and so she was very keen to do this dance and make it complicated. Lisa Kudrow is not a dancer and asked if she could just stand around and pose a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot um, of feet, though. They get their feet out. Is that why you don't like it? Just it's say why. so. I, I mean, the fact that there's feet in the studio for the first time ever is... <laughs> uh, get them away from me. Oh, get them on it. them right in his it's face. upsetting. £12 pounds for that. It's <laughs> upsetting, to say the least. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about feet now and I'm looking at feet and there's a lot of feet going mm-hmm. and I'm not happy. It's 34 degrees outside. Well, and Chris isn't allowed to wear flip-flops all of a sudden. Are you wearing flip-flops? I'm wearing a sandal. Yeah, it's wearing a sandal. It's all Look. good. There's four feet in here. Oh, God. Alex hasn't got any. <laughs> he cut them off in disgust <laughs> just when he realised how hot it was going to be. Now, fuck it. I'm not averse to this dance scene. Good. I, well, I that's think... high praise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the silliness of it. Yes. Um... Again, Alan Cumming does kind of make me laugh in it as well. Yeah. His facial expressions. I think, I mean, it's not just funny. try and remember the first time you saw it and it would have been a bit like, oh, okay. Because it does take you out of the narrative, obviously. Mm. But then the second time you see it, you just have so much love for it. It's exactly the sort of thing you do with your friends when you're pissed. No. It's try to believe. It's not that. It's, okay. It's, it's not the sort of thing you do. But I don't think people do that. I don't think people go clear a space in the middle of a floor. Okay, that's true. And yeah. take their shoes off and do... Uh, a strange sort of ballet. ballet ballet to 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 time after time I, I think it's i think what the film is doing here is actually going where this is a fantasy this isn't based on reality mm. we're yeah. doing something very audacious it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the simpsons monty python thing yeah. right yeah. right it's which, which cartoonish is, which yeah. is, it's a fantasy which is more fantastical than it is like that's what you do with yes. your mates yes but i would say it's heightened i would say there's plenty of time i mean i can't just i can only speak for my own experience but I'm sure there are people that would recognise that feeling of obviously apart from clearing the space because that's very me me me. Mm. But trying I to piss to do hockey lads might have done that when Mama came on. Okay, aye, there aye, we go. Aye. See, that's that's that. But have you never been out and you just you know you've had far too much to drink and one of you thinks you can dance and the other one is like I will join you in this moment and you're just trying. But it's so it. but yeah, but there's no humour in it. They're so po faced as they're doing it in this. But, but that's the trick when you do it for real. You can't laugh. You've got to. 
try and do it serious. Yeah, but I think it would work better if they were at least acknowledging how ridiculous they're being. I find the whole thing, it's one of those sequences that it's like, look what we dare do. Okay. Uh, we dare to just like do this crazy thing. As filmmakers, not the characters, we're daring to like yeah. have this big five minute like dance routine. And like, as Robin Schiff says, it's like the longer it goes on, the funnier it gets. I disagree. I think it's just like, I get what you've done here. You've gone, look what we dare do. I'm like, do something better. So they get their victory because uh, Billy's puking in a hedge. He's in a loveless marriage to Christy. Um, it's all quite cruel. And uh, <laughs> they get to leave in a chopper while Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Plaython Place on Earth plays. Yeah. My favourite Belinda Carlisle song, not that weird scary monsters one you talked about the other <laughs> Big day. Big scary animal. Yeah. <laughs> In the 90s. It's the only one I know. Um, so they have a very dramatic departure from the reunion, uh, the stuff of dreams. And I couldn't corroborate this, but someone said that was based on Michael Bay showing up to his some kind of reunion, school reunion with some Playboy playmates in Chopper, getting out for 20 minutes and then buggering off again in his Chopper. I couldn't corroborate that, but it's a funny it's story. True. It sounds true. It sounds Bay. I can imagine him doing that. Yes. And I have a lot of respect <laughs> Me for him. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, and so we cut six months later and Romy and Michelle have their own boutique um, with plans to pay Sandy back for buying it for them. Nice, uh, girl nice, power. Nice girl power. Nice we'll slide in that. there. We'll get on to that. Uh, uh, and the film ends with what I'm told is a great line, let's fold scarves. Didn't really get it, but um, nah. that's the end of Romeo and Michelle. That's the end. Well done. You got through it. <laughs> a film with two female leads written by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's she getting at me? No, I don't know. I, I thought think... I'd been very no, professional. No, I'm not having a go. When I say you got through it, I mean both of you. I don't understand where this is coming from. <laughs> if you're upset with Alex, have a go. Hey, she's not upset with me. She's upset with... The world. <laughs> it's manifesting in this um, room right now. As Alex said, it was one of the lowest testing films in the studio's <laughs> history, but the reviews were good, including our old friend Roger Ebert really liked it. And it became something of a hit. In fact, both films this week made about the same amount of money, which was good, not great. Um, but it stuck around. So uh, in 2005, there was a prequel called Romeo and Michelle in the Beginning, have you seen this, Vicky? No. Catherine Heigl, was it? Catherine Heigl was one of them. Mm. Um, IMDb synopses are normally quite good, quite accurate, but there's only one synopsis, and, th- and this is what it says. It says, the two BFFs make it to LA where they get arrested. They make a friend in jail and stay at her place. They make more friends. Catherine Heigl played Romy, also starred Kelly Brook. And that's the official synopsis for that Did film. <laughs> I think it was cancelled fairly early. I think the reviews were really quite bad for it. That's what I read anyway. Yeah. But so, I haven't seen it. So it's a prequel movie. Um, but there has been talk because of this cult growing around this film and screenings happening and women getting together to go watch it together. Uh, there's been talk of a sequel. How would you feel about getting a new Romeo and Michelle? Oh, it depends, doesn't it, on um, on if it's any good. <laughs> what am I trying to say? It depends. When you were talking before about oh, Romy and Michelle go to Japan, Romy and Michelle do whatever. It depends, like what the hook is. Yeah. it can't just be ten years later or whatever. Like, yeah, I would, it would need to be quite hooky, I think. So I've I got a couple of quotes. Uh, Lisa Kudrow, like Leprechaun in Space. Sure, something um, like that. Mar- Romy and Michelle run for president. Romy and Michelle, like Legally Blonde too. That kind of thing. <laughs> I suppose. 
So I've got two quotes. Uh, Lisa Kudrow said, Robin and I were talking about a sequel, Romeo and Michelle get divorced. It would probably be them having a split as well as their marriage. On the other hand, I don't want Sandy and Michelle to get divorced. That's what Lisa Kudrow said. Okay. She's for the pair of them being together. Robin Schiff says, hilariously, I remember it as Robbie and Michelle get married and Lisa remembers it as get divorced. The idea was that Romeo and Michelle had their store and this woman with a store nearby was getting married before them. So they tell her that they're getting married and they start planning a double wedding with no fiancés. Sandy was out of the picture. In my mind, Sandy and Michelle were, n- were never going to end up together. I don't think they have that much in common. Can you imagine them having a conversation? No. Yeah, bad writing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's about all I've got. But Vicky, have you got any more? No, I don't. But I think it is interesting that this, of the two films that we're talking about, this is the film that feels like it's lived on in a way that Gross Point Blank hasn't. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it certainly has that cult following and I can see why it has that cult following. Mm. Um, I found it quite, as I said, it it was heartwarming seeing what this has become and how much it means to so many people. Yeah. Um, All right, so shall we do the bits? Uh, Alex, I'm sure this was tough for you, but what was your favourite scene? (laughs) I like the scene where at the start it says the movie's name is Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion (laughs) and Just a Girl by No Doubt Plays. Mm. Uh, I also... As I said, I do like the staying alive dance sequence at the start in the club. I think that's great. And that is my best scene. (laughs) Vicky. Uh, When they, at the reunion, when they take off their businesswoman outfits and get straight back into their PVC blue and pink dresses, it's just a fantastic moment. The only thing I would alter is you should have slow-moed that walk. That is a missed opportunity. It's just walked in real time. Mm. That's stupid. Is it like one of those moments at Alex's parties where he disappears and comes back in a dress? <laughs> he has his big entrance. <laughs> See, I'm just, just, just I'm going to do Romy. Are you? Mm. Oh, uh, so you, that's who you'd rather of the two? Yeah, I think so, okay. because she walks like an American footballer in heels. <laughs> and that's what I'm, you know, I think I can pull that off. <laughs> uh, I'm going for what the hell is your problem, Christy? Why the hell are you always such a nasty bitch? You're a bad person with an ugly heart and we don't give a flying fuck what you think. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, Vicky, what was your MVW, most valuable whatever? Uh, duh. I'm not going to choose between them. So it's Romy and Michelle. Okay. If you had to. I'm not. But if you had to. But I'm not. This is going to get boring very quickly. I think quickly. I can guess. Really? Mm. I don't think I can. I think I know. Okay. I think Alex knows as well. Yeah. Uh, Alex, <laughs> well, how about you? Alan Cummings' prosthetic face. Okay, good. Very good. I bloody loved it. It's both funny and utterly terrifying. It looks like if you painted Jim Carrey's The Mask flesh coloured. <laughs> uh, I'm going for. Uh, I, I like the colours. <laughs> I thought it was Sorry? Ve- I thought it was very... <laughs> now you can get angry. I thought, I, thought it, I thought it was very nice and bright. I thought it was a terrific colour scheme. Um, and I did look into it. The costume designer had just done Clueless, so it kind of makes remember, sense. Remember when we had to watch The Toughest Guy in the World? I watched that oh, for you. I missed that. I missed that this week. Um, she said she wanted to create a world where the girls lived inside the pages of a magazine and Shiv said she wanted to make it look like being inside a toy box. Don't hide behind the writer here. Lazy. So yeah, Fucking lazy. I thought the colours were good. 
Um, and finally, uh, I'll, I'll save Alex. Uh, Vicky, what would you change if you could change anything? Um, you can't have um, Sandy buy the shop for them because you've got to keep the power with the girls. So if you have to, if it has to be bought for them because they haven't got any money, then Lisa, um, Elaine Hendricks, should leverage something at Vogue to make sure they get the shop. But it shouldn't be a man that buys the shop for them, mm. obviously. Alex? I found um, the colours were too bright <laughs> in the film. I'd have really sort of dulled the palette slightly. What did you watch for you? House of Wax. <laughs> Do you remember that week? <laughs> Fucking hell. She's so, she's so aggressive, isn't she? Like I've just got to get this off my chest. I'm going to say this now. When I suggested this pairing... To Chris, I didn't even suggest this pairing. I suggested Girls Point Blank and Leon. And I was like, sad hitmen, where do we go with this? And he was like, no, 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 you should do it. And I was like, that's a great idea. I love that film. So we're talking about this film because of Chris, even though I opened the show, however long ago that was, by going, this is my choices this week for fucking ones. And they weren't even. No. Do you even know that? You don't oh. even know that. So then last week when you were like, I hate that film, I was like, fuck you both. I don't know why I'm the bad guy here. You, you don't even know. Well, it's you talk, you talk, got it's to like, talk about your funny your favorite films think about it though and i've been very it's, respectful it's like the shop like the colors. it's like the shop at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. you can't have the man pick romeo and michelle's <laughs> high school reunion it should have been another oh you know wait you can pick it but if you've picked it come here with something better than <laughs> i liked the colors do try harder because I like the costume designer said she wanted to create a world where the girls inside the pages of a magazine Shift said she wanted it to be like it's inside a toy box so you know I, I, I like the creativity it made sense you're done clueless um, I actually do have a real change which is that uh, Michelle and Sandy shouldn't get together at the end and you shouldn't have a 20 minute fucking dream sequence in the middle of your movie so I actually did have a real well, we're, all, we're all kind of the same then because mine was that, that issue with, with men and money and materialism and Sandy and and she should either like Sandy for who he is or just decide they don't need men and, and as you say get the shop for themselves not have it via but the movie him. isn't interested in that because it's a series of sketches and like and not particularly funny ones at that. Why does the car backfire? What is that joke about? Why does it do it twice and then it just carries on and never does it again? What is that? Why is that a joke? Why is a car backfiring a joke? Why is this movie? <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> we've got to do the verdict now. Okay. Please. Oh, where are we going to land this <laughs> <No>. week? <laughs> what is the point? Should we just not do the verdict this week? Hey, did oh, you don't want to hear what I've got to say? Um, I yeah, actually... I do. I do actually want to hear what you say. So, Alex, what's <laughs> your verdict? <laughs> uh, it is time for the verdict. Uh, so, I, I will say this as I started this, and it feels like that was a long time ago, but I will <laughs> remind you I do respect a weird, offbeat comedy, and I appreciate that even if <laughs> this sounds like a statement I've been asked to read out. In- <laughs> By me! So, so, I've done the same. I feel like I've written a statement defending I'm, a film I didn't like. I feel like I'm Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and I brought my dog into Australia. There we go. I really do respect a weird, offbeat comedy, and I appreciate them, even if I personally don't find them funny. And I have to say, I do not find Romeo and Michelle funny, but I appreciate you if you do. Plus, your choices this week, Victoria, also reintroduced me to one of my favourite films, which is Gross Point Blank. So can I end by saying thank you, and my choice is Gross Point Blank, officer. (laughs) Vicky. 
Um, so when I watched Girls Point Blank, I was so in love with it. I didn't think anything could compete. And I went into watching Romeo and Michelle, having not watched it for a few years, just thinking there's no way that it can charm me and affect me as much as Girls Point Blank did. Like, it's not even so much for nostalgia reasons. It was just their relationship between John Cusack and Minnie Driver and this, the whole idea that the, the, the way the romance was developed and the payoff was really um, artful. However, then I watched Romeo and Michelle and I fucking loved it and it's brilliant and I might even watch it when I get home later. So, Romeo and Michelle, please. Girl power! Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does know all the lyrics to Mama, as, was, true, as yeah. was proved on, last, on the last show. No, no, don't. don't. Uh, oh, I won't, I, won't, I won't drag it out. Grace Point Blank for me. Yeah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or not, hang on. <laughs> Oh no, Vicky! Vicky might have something to say. You? No, no, I don't. Okay. No, I, I think Gross Point Blank's the better film and the <laughs> film I like the most. Uh, we have a winner this week. Uh, I am personally pleased to announce, although it was great to her. I'm just—it's Gross Point Blank is the winner. Uh, that is us done. Uh, for this uh, week, uh, but we have to look forward to our next episode. Uh, and I, uh, I gave you. Oh, did I not give a clue? Oh, didn't give a clue at the end of the, uh, the end of the last episode. I forgot. Shit. Oh, well, I'm just going to give you the clue now, and tell you what the movies are, <laughs> all in one. So, uh, are you going to go back and record a clue? I'll go back and record. Okay. It. Why can't you just um, use the clue now? Well, he'll say it now, but he'll got to say it at the end of the first one. We're all good. I'll drop it back in. Okay. So, the clue I gave you at the end of Monday's episode was... Revenge is a dish. <laughs> I did it better. Revenge is a dish best served dead-ish. That's the clue. And the movies are... Christopher Tilly... From 1990, you get to watch Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Ooh. A Victoria Crompton. From 1994, you get to watch The Crow. Yay! <laughs> so it's Dark Man versus The Crow on next week's Clash of the Titles. In the meantime, if you haven't done already, rate and review and subscribe to us wherever you get your pods Apple, Spotify, other places, wherever. Thank you very much for listening. Congratulations to Gross Point Blank. Back with you on Monday to talk all things Dark Man. Bye bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. 
20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.